Uh, I mean, I'm on Twitch, but it just says you're watching a past broadcast. But usually that means, yeah, usually that means it's probably a few seconds behind or something from what I've seen because I just get the notification from Twitch because I see your I see your background. So we're either on or we're not on. Now it's live. There we Okay. Well, if you saw by the the <laughs> I started over again. I forgot to turn on the mics. I'm sure I would need that at some point, right guys? Yep. Okay, everything's working again. Sorry everybody. Are you sure that? Uh, oh no, it is working because I see the levels going and the stream has started all over again. Okay. And um I, I am way off guys. I probably am still jet lagged by the one hour in <laughs> I was spent in Houston. Um Yeah, I think you just came back to, into town today, right? <laughs> I came back yesterday. But I was so tired. Yeah, um and I've been uh, Andrew knows I've been working up until now. Right. So I'm just a little. I guess I'm 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 a little fumed right now. Mm. So how are, how are you guys? <laughs> They're a little frustrated with me, but whatever, whatever. We're we're, we're going here. Um, as long as we're up and running. We have playoff games. The St. Louis Blues can move on to the Stanley Cup Finals if they beat the San Jose Sharks tonight in St. Louis at eight o'clock at eight thirty. The Milwaukee Bucks are up 2-1 on the Raptors, but the Raptors, well, not really the Raptors. The Kawhi Leonard's have a little life left in them. He is not staying in Toronto. Um, and, uh, oh, we actually got a like on freaking Twitter for our podcast. 
Really? Um, yeah. Nice. And we've got baseball games as well. All, fifth, all 30 teams are playing. And you are facing the Dodgers today. That's interesting. The Marlins are facing the Tigers. And, whoa, we're actually winning one nothing. Um Whoa, we have a three-game winning streak, by the way, everybody. I know. It's, you, you guys are... We swept the New York Mets, which says more about the Mets than it does us. Kind of like how, I guess, in honor of Game, Game of Thrones ending, um, you found this really funny website. What is it called? Tankopedia or... Tankathon. Tankathon. In f- actually, I will post it on screen right now, now that we're here. Um, uh, let me... And kind of in the same uh, same vein as urinating trees, tank bowls. Um, this is a season long race of a tank down to the bottom. Uh, Miami is doing the exact opposite of what they need to do. Um, they need to keep losing in order to get the best draft spot. And really, this is uh, I, I I don't know where where what. Who I found this site from, but it's really great. It has uh, for the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL, and Major League Baseball. So let's go to Major League Baseball right now. The Marlins have a half-game lead. Uh, this is an easier way to kind of calculate your position because it reverses the order. The Marlins have a half-game lead over the Baltimore Orioles, who are who are truly awful uh, as well, and one-and-a-half game lead over the Kansas City Royals for for the first pick in the MLB draft, which just like in the NFL, if you're the worst team, you get the number one pick. Unlike the NBA, which the draft lottery happened, and we didn't even get to talk about that because uh, we were off. off. Uh, We'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. Um, Unfortunately, Charles's New York Yankees are about 15 games out from the Marlins, so you guys need to to do a little better, right, Charles? And and, and, and Andrew, you're, you're raised. Let me see. Let me We're see doing it terribly. Yeah, you guys are about 14 games out from the number one pick, so I don't know what's up with you guys. And the L.A. Dodgers, uh, you guys are li- lined up against each other. Tampa Bay 14, New York Yankees 15, and the Dodgers are 16 games back of the Marlins. So I don't know. You guys are going to have to get some injuries, need to sit some people, need to fire some managers. We've had enough injuries as it is. Don't curse. <laughs> yeah, you guys keep winning out there. Sheesh. Something that was funny was uh, Gary Thorne, who um, was one of my favorite play-by-play announcers. Uh, he used to be the voice, the voice of the NHL on ESPN. And I, he's now the the main play-by-play for the Baltimore Orioles. He was pissed at Glaber Torres the other day because he just keeps hitting home runs. Um, you can watch this clip of him. He said, basically, he has to stop being so good. He's tearing the <laughs> Orioles apart. All right. Um, so, guys, I wanted to open the show. Um, yo, Mikey. How you doing, dude? Hey, Mikey. How's, uh, how's it going? You like our setup? You like everything that we're doing here? Uh, actually, I wanted to start our show with a... Um, uh, let's just go to our Instagram page here. Uh, I, I guess, so if you guys recall, if anybody recalls really, um, back in, when was it, February? That we went to the Florida Panthers game together? Correct. I think around back in February. 
Um, that it was actually, I think, February 9th. Okay, so back. Actually, let me take myself off of this thing, maybe that'll help. Oh, yeah, connecting to data network. Okay, I think we're I think back. We're back. Whoa, yeah, we're definitely back. That's my ear. <laughs> okay. okay, um, back at back it at again. It Okay. okay, so, so. anyways, we won tickets to the Florida Marlins, or not Miami Marlins game. Gosh darn, I made that mistake already. Got some good seats, and we kind of wanted to share our experience at the ballpark, guys. Um, I hadn't been to Marlins Park since last season. Neither have I. Think, yeah. I went... Uh... Maybe it wasn't last season. I think the last time may have been 2017. Uh, but it, it, regardless, it definitely wasn't before the renovations of this past year. And Charles had been hasn't been in a really long time. There you go. Yes. You said, Charles, you went there about, like, what, 2012 or something? Yeah, well, Jones's last season. Yeah. Um, yeah, just went down to that game. That's when it was dirt cheap, so... The park to me is just, you know, it's like a game born again. First time. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, when we went Tuesday. Interesting. All right. So. I've got uh, some photos here from our experience there. Um, don't know how well you can see it there. It looks pretty tiny, actually. Don't know why it's looking like that. But um, they made a lot of you know great changes to the park i'm actually very very happy with what derek jeter and crew has done um everything just feels nicer it looks nicer it feels more uh if anybody's seen these kind of modern trendy buildings especially down here in florida uh you know with the clean lines and the and the clean look and the, um uh just uh solid colors and objects and uh you know a lot of like aluminum and metal uh, with white backgrounds and such. That's kind of the look they have at Marlins Park, and it makes me, it, it really, and, and they've got like the, the greenery, like the green ivy hanging on some, some areas. So it's actually more Miami than it used to be, and, and not Miami in the tacky way, which is how Jeffrey Loria made the ballpark look, but more Miami in the um, just kind of the modern way. If if I can kind of um, if I can kind of say it that way, you know, um, and I think we all had a good time. I, as far as um, we 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 had some food. I had um, like a, a hot chicken sandwich, which I thought was pretty good. Um, they had this thing called a three hundred five menu. I think you ate off of that. You both ate off of that, right? Yeah. You and Charles. Like, you got, like, a hot dog and french fries and, like, for what? Like, five bucks? Yeah. It's, More or less? Um, the 305 menu is kind of the... It's almost like the equivalent of the Atlanta Falcons fan-friendly menu. Right. Because uh, everything else at that stadium is really, really expensive. Unbelievably expensive. If you're a standard family... Uh, they actually do like a fan index of how much it costs to go to a baseball game these days. Um, definitely, the 305 menu is worth it. 
anytime you have the opportunity to get a Nathan's hot dog, you should take it. Nathan's is one of the best brands. It's America's brand because they do the national uh, hot dog eating contest every year with them. So, um, the Marlins lost. Obviously, they were facing your Rays, which I am very happy that they lost. It's the only. It's really the only time that I'll hope that the Marlins lose. Um, so, uh, but we're not here to bash the Marlins. We're actually here to thank the Marlins. We actually got some goodies. That was the fun part. Yeah. Um, what was it? We had. It was. Well, first off, we had these little kind of tote bags, uh, sponsored by the MLB Network. Uh, so we had that. We had these T-shirts. Uh, both like a regular ball cap, but also a bucket hat. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, bucket mm-hmm. hat. Yeah. Sunglasses. Batting gloves. Yeah, the batting gloves were really <laughs> nice touch. I like them. Um, what else was there? There was sun. Okay, so sunglasses, uh, the two hats, two uh, a car flag. Car flag, yeah. That yeah, was... car flag, which I, I'll probably just give it to my dad because <laughs> um, he, he likes that type of stuff. Um, a car flag, uh, two uh, sunglasses, um, batting gloves, shirt. There was a shirt. Um, socks. There were socks in there too. Yeah. Uh, but they they were too tiny for me. I'll probably the, just give them to my nephew. I, my one criticism. Sunglasses too. Yeah. My my one criticism, and again, I it's awesome that the Marlins we got free tickets to the game, and they were in pretty decent seats. Um. Uh, the only criticism I'd have is that those goodie bags were made out for like a like a kid. I. I Honestly, they probably was the leftover like promotional items they had this you know earlier right. in the year that they, you know they give to kids like on a Sunday or Saturday. Right. But some of them were useful for us. I mean, I I'm still using the batting gloves. <laughs> Unfortunately, my hands are a little too big for those. So lady hands. <laughs> um, and actually, Charles brings up a good point. Armageddon is is probably imminent at some point. Because Charles, uh, sorry, because Doug finally emerged. That's true. So Doug, uh, if anybody who ever followed us from the beginning, <laughs> Doug was one of the original members. And he was for maybe two or three of our episodes, essentially. And then kind of, you know, his, his schedule kind of got busy. His, his work. The dude is a workaholic. And it's it's. He's not a type A type person where he, I don't want to say that he doesn't enjoy doing it. He's doing it to, you know, get enough money because the cost of living down here in Miami is ridiculous. Um, But he basically every day, you know, he works his butt off till seven o'clock. He puts in full days. Right. He Uh, works late. Yeah. So he's never either able to or in the mood to come on the show. We, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> a free ticket and swag bag, dude. That's how you do it. Exactly. But no, honestly, he really wanted to come. He uh, he almost didn't come because he had some work stuff, but he was right. able to get out of it. He came to the game uh, maybe about half an hour later uh, from from us. I mean, right. Uh, and you know, uh, we walked around the park again, and 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 we just had a good time. We just talked. You know, life and sports. 
I made three circuits of the park. For anyone that's never been to Marlins Park, um, try and pull up a, pi a good picture that shows the, the kind of the concourse. Something it's hard I, to find it on Google. Right. But, Something that I really um, like about the design of Marlins Park is... They just have old photos of the ballpark. Yeah. And, you know, that, the, well, the, it doesn't matter. It's the same. Yeah, design, the concourse is the like, same except for that new area that they did right. uh, in, the, in, in left field, in center field. So it's, I'm not really sure if you can see it from the pictures, but Marlins Park has a full concourse that wraps all the way all the way around the stadium mm -hmm. or the playing field yep and you always have sight of the field you have a, a completely unobstructed view of the field at all times um so that's something i like because you're never really missing anything uh you just depending on your angle either whatever but I had fun. I, I made three circuits, one by myself, one with uh, Francisco and Charles, and then one with all th four of us. Um, it's really fun to walk around. Uh, a lot had changed, so I got to see all of that. Um, well, you, you circuited as well. so I mean, I was as we were going around, you guys were noticing, I was like looking, oh, they changed that, and they changed that. And like I was pointing out all the differences, I knew what the differences were because, like you know, I know my home ballpark. Right. Well, like, the big, the big change, and I noticed a couple as well. One that you noticed that I didn't even see until later was you noticed that there was new flooring. I noticed there was new flooring. I noticed that there was paint in areas that never used to have paint before. Like it, it was. It was small little change. I knew there was like ivy hanging in certain areas that were weren't there before either. Just like these little areas that back in the Loria era, they would never have like they, they wouldn't have spent the money to do any of this to make the place look nice. It was just a tacky looking place. It's kind of like the motel that I'm probably gonna stay at tomorrow in Boston. Um, <laughs> like me and my like uh, when I went to games with my cousin. Uh, we used to joke because sometimes like the because it's a retractable roof and sometimes the roof closes and birds get stuck inside and then right. you know, they reopen and the birds get out. We actually had at least one bird fly over us. Um, luckily, there was no excrement involved. So uh, I'll consider that a victory. So we I used to joke with my cousin because of how cheap and tacky the Marlins were under Loria. Like they probably like. The birds that get stuck in here, they probably kill them and serve them to us as chicken tenders. You know, that was the joke. <laughs> that was the joke. We used to just make fun of Loria the entire game. That was our, that was what made us had fun at the ballpark. But honestly, didn't have, I didn't have any of those comments during the, during the game. You know, we, we made some, uh, some references to Jeter when like, you know, Doug was doing his VR batting and stuff. Like, I think Charles was mentioning like, hey, we'll send the tape to Jeter type of stuff. But, um, you know, hey, it's uh, you know, I don't know. How did you feel, Charles, going to you know your Lord and Savior's your church? I mean, I'm just hoping people convert to the uh, the Church of Jeets. Um, Jeets. I mean, Jeets. There Jeetsus. we go. I I am behind that completely. Uh, we could definitely work with that to everything in that degree. It was nice. It looked good. It was definitely something that was entertaining. It didn't feel empty, even though it was an empty stadium. Yeah. Um, that, that's the biggest contrast that we all have coming into it that, you know, it would look so much better if there was actual butts in the seats. Um, but 
maybe in like another 10 years people will actually be at half half of full attendance uh, um, i hope it doesn't take 10 years to get to that but i know but i hear what you're saying um what was nice is it definitely had a little bit of the miami flavor aside from clevelander on the outside of the stadium or i guess inside the park where you're going up into like this you know the area we were walking around you had a variety of you know typical food place argentinian food place if i remember correctly they yeah store there yeah that was um, that was a really nice nice touch they really divert popped in there ironically uh, good stuff for the kids. You know, we had grown men like us doing VR batting practice. Mm-hmm. Well, they've um, had the VR batting practice for so, uh, at least a few years now. Yeah, well, that's a big thing. I haven't yeah, there, right. Yeah. Um, the one big thing, and again, I, I never went to games back when the stadium opened in 2012, but the, the world-famous uh, Bobblehead Museum was... Ah, yes. Was that there in 2012? The, the Bobblehead Museum has always been there. Mm. They just moved it into the outfit. Right. It used to be behind home plate, but so they um, basically moved it to the moved it. Right. They moved it behind because I think people field. would stop there and they get distracted and stuff. Because you know the around home plate and the grand, you know the I guess the the main um, grandstand is you know where all the food and stuff is. Mm-hmm. Whereas in most ballparks, all of, like the extracurricular stuff is in the outfield. Right, because that's you know the most open space. That's where you have all the kids stuff. Was so they moved all that stuff to to around like right center field, mm-hmm. um, which makes more sense. Definitely, and left field was probably the biggest difference because of that the taking down the monstrosity, mm-hmm. and placing that new um, uh, deck, the deck that they that they have there. Can you pull a picture of it? Uh, I tried to. I mean, it looks pretty small on our screen here. That's the issue, but. Uh, essentially, in left field, uh, they they tore down the the monstrosity at Marlins Park, um, and placed uh, what they call the AutoNation Alley right now, sponsored by AutoNation, and it's a standing room only area where it, uh, where the monstrosity used to be, and essentially, it's a great place to kind of just the site of the outfield it just looks so open like you feel like you're right on top of the field mm-hmm. and you basically are right um and they had like the budweiser bar behind that and i i was the one to point it out to all of you guys like that area of the outfield the, where the budweiser bar they i think they either moved the bar itself or they just extended all of that flooring to um to accommodate the new people i have it there on screen right there it's pretty tiny but that's the new AutoNation alley right there you can see the outfield wall um, just uh, just to the right. So that area, it pleases me. It pleases me. <laughs> it very much pleases me. It so, pleases me. Um, we okay. We've been going on about twenty minutes now about this. But let me let me just say this really quickly before we move on. The fences, the fences were changed to blue. That's right. That's right. If you saw the the images from before, it was kind of like a lime green. And if for anyone that follows college football here, it would make Oregon feel inadequate. Right. Oregon, which is known for its highlighter green and yellow uniforms. Right. It just it subconsciously blinded you. Everything is is everything's better. Everything's more subdued, but at the same time, the 
things pop where things should pop. Right. Oh, and they took down the Mikasuki pole. Yeah, it was like in the right field, um, you have the foul pole or fair pole, whatever you want to call it. And behind that is like this large pillar that helps support the roof. And they would, it used to be completely yellow with Mikasuki, which is a casino down here, um, uh, gaming ads all over it. And they tore, I guess they, well, they painted it white now. It's, it's blank it for now. It looks so much better. And yeah, it looks better. It's, it's easier on the eyes. It's not as confusing, especially if you're like, you're an umpire and need to look down the line to see if the ball is going to be there. Um, but uh, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the changes to Marlins Park. I thank the Marlins for, and the Florida Panthers for the opportunity for us to go there and do the make fools of ourselves at the hockey game and, you know, goof off at the Marlins game. Uh, the one thing, like Charles said, which I agree with, is just just get butts in the seats, and the Marlins just need to start winning. Well, if you start losing the tankathon, uh, then you will get more right. butts in seats. We we just have to go through these these this these very painful next two and or three years, much like the Astros did, uh, which I was in Houston yesterday and. Those people love the Astros now. I just saw Astros stuff all over the place. It was uh, shirts at the airport. I didn't see anything Houston Texans at the airport, but I did see Houston Astros. I didn't even see Houston Rockets. Like, uh, maybe because the Rockets keep disappointing everybody. So <laughs> that, that could be a thing. Uh, but the Astros, that is an Astros town right now. Um, and it's to play any other sport. Yeah, the Marlins could play another sport. That could be a thing. Um, but really, Miami's kind of... The, the the relationship between South Florida and the Marlins is pretty toxic right now. And it's not going to get any better until our trades and draft picks start hitting. Uh, if any, Just a brief side note. If anyone wants to know why South Florida hates the Marlins so much, go over to SB Nation. Yes, I was they about to posted, say. I'm not going to explain it here. <laughs> they posted a video maybe a month ago. Um, they have this new series called Collapse, where they talk about these really good teams like uh, the, mid-2000s, uh, the mid-2000s Detroit Pistons, the New York Giants, Detroit Red Wings, uh, Wings etc., and they cover the collapse of the really the 1997 Marlins, um, extending into 2003, which were the two years that they won the World Series. So, if you want kind of a backdrop of that, that'll that'll kind of do it for you. Vespi Nation, uh, John Boys dropped another Boys yes. bomb today with his second part of the Bob stuff. I haven't seen all of it. But it just is another thing. But yeah, here it is. You see Collapse Season 1. Uh, you know, the, the 2001 Mariners, the Red Wings, the Nets, the Bucks, uh, and the Marlins are part of this this series. There they are. But Okay, guys, uh, moving on. Gosh darn it, Siri, I'm not talking to you. Let's uh, <laughs> um, see, we're on baseball right now. We're talking about the Marlins. I don't know if we want to keep talking about baseball, but... Nah, you know, we're not going to talk about baseball. While we're at the baseball game, I guess this is a good segue. Uh, we were talking in the middle of the game. I was checking Twitter because the NBA draft lottery happened that night. Right. And uh, Charles, uh, people people went a little nuts. Rigged. Oh, Charles says it's rigged. 
Charles says it's rigged. So uh, for those of you, I don't know who doesn't know this at this point, but the New Orleans Pelicans won the NBA draft lottery. They had what, a 6% chance? That was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a 6% chance of getting the number one pick. Um, I enjoyed the, the fallout because of the New York Knicks fans having more misery. That was one. Uh, it's always nice to see New York Knicks fans in agony. Uh, at least there's a bobo in sports, though. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, the kind of what I loved seeing, in a way, was the conniption that Stephen A. Smith was having. I swear, I, I swear his blood pressure probably doubled when he found out that the Knicks didn't get the top pick. I don't know why he likes the Knicks so much. Oh, gosh. But, it's team, boy. Yeah, it's his team. It's his, it's his, it's his team. But uh, So, let's see. I'm, I'm pulling up the NBA 2019 draft lottery and, and the results. So, uh, as a Miami Heat fan, you know, we had the 1% chance and you know, we weren't going to get it unless there was some miracle like when the Magic got Penny Hardaway with like a 1% chance back in the early 90s. But uh, so we're, we're we're stuck at number 13, you know, the, the the Miami Dolphins drafted at 13 and the Florida Panthers will draft at 13 this season or this, this offseason. So it's just kind of like the lucky number for South Florida at this point, but the Marlins will not draft 13 unless they win a ton of games. Uh, anyways, uh, New York Knicks fans are, are pissed. That was fun. Uh, also the appears? LA Lakers came out winning because they got the number four pick. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was interesting. Do you know who also appeared to be ticked from news reports? Zion, Zion Williamson. Williamson. Uh, I'm here. I, yeah, there was, there wasn't, I guess someone, said that he was kind of he kind of rushed off the stage or he was rushed off the stage by you know his handlers or whatever um but i've read other reporters saying that he probably wasn't that situation and maybe it's just espn or whoever's trying to build some sort of you know controversy there um but it's pretty obvious he's not going to where he thought he would go to right um, uh, charles you say it's rigged rigged pourquoi all right, so explain to me. You, you have to explain to me. I'm going to use, like, the last, what's it, we're 2019, so let's look at the last 10 years. So I'm going to I'm gonna get out my stuff uh, as I do this. Um, you got to explain to me how the teams that are losing a legitimate superstar or <laughs> being to be losing a legitimate superstar because the Anthony Davis hasn't left yet, seems to get the damn number one pick against all odds. And I have the list coming up, so we're, we're going to run by this. I'm going to go... Yeah, we've got... I've, I've got it on screen here, the, the, the... At least one through ten here. One through eleven, actually. You have the draft order up there. I've got, like, the number one picks and the teams from the last, like, two decades to prove a point. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start it from, I'm just taking a peek. I'm going to start from 2003 on. Let's have fun with this. Okay. And I, I can make it very Actually, brief. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'll probably pull it up on screen. So go ahead. All right. So this is on NBA.com history job. 2003 Cleveland, LeBron James. How convenient that a man from Cleveland or a boy from Cleveland gets picked by his childhood team. Oh, but we won't say rigged because Cleveland sucks. And we want to make him look good. That's my inner Stephen A. Smith impression. 
04, Dwight Howard's The Magic. Hey, it's a baby Shaq replica. It's basically taking Shaq's left, you know, um, <laughs> body part, because I have to keep it uh, rated G today, um, and cloned him. We got Dwight Howard coming in. Then we have Andrew Bogut for the Bucks. Eh, Andrea Bargnani. Eh, Greg Oden. Eh, Derek Rose. Eh, Blake Griffin. Now, here comes the point that Charles is making in the modern-day NBA from a David Stern to a Adam Silver era. 2010, John Wall. We're cool with that. 2011, gentlemen. What happened in 2010 prior? Didn't a certain man make a decision? Or 2011 make a decision? 2011, uh, yeah. LeBron James, or, or no, 2010, actually. 2010, LeBron James leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and terrible. Right. Right. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the worst team, and uh... I don't even know if they were the worst team that year for the lottery projections. They were bad. They hardly won anything, but they end up winning number one pick, Kyrie Irving. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve, Anthony Davis. Yeah, the Chicago Bulls and Derrick Rose. That's right. Twenty thirteen, Anthony Bennett. Then comes twenty fourteen. A uh, certain man. Decides he wants to leave Miami. He says, hey, hey, hey. But I don't want you to release it to the media yet that I'm leaving. Don't tell Pat Riley that I'm gone yet. Let's wait till the draft comes in. Cleveland gets An- Andrew Wiggins. I think he's all high money. It's great. And it sets up the, the trade. trade. Right. Because not only does LeBron come back, we just funnel it out to get Kevin Love. Because that's essentially what happened. Andrew Wiggins, like maybe two other no no names. Right, right. Comes in. So now rigged because now we're building media. Now we're just truthfully benefiting the crappy teams that we feel have been, uh, you know, really doing badly. Uh, or we can at least sensationalize the media. LeBron comes back home. What happened that year? They went to the finals, lost, but the following year they won. Carl Anthony Towns didn't to really make, replace anybody big. Well, he could replace Kevin Love. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you could say, yeah. if it's if you're going with this rigging with conspiracy theory yeah. that you've got here, so now the now the wolves get their you know get their guy back in a sense. We're gonna say rigged, and then we have the process not really working because the next two years was Ben Simmons and Markel. Fultz. Yeah, Ben Simmons is his kind of like. I'm still gonna yeah. kind of say rigged because uh, uh, uh. come on, man. If it's a lottery and we're putting ping pong balls in there, it shouldn't be one 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 one. It should be one two ten. Well, nine. I mean the, the 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 Sixers winning a ton of lotteries. I mean. Yeah, that I mean, I, could, I guess you you would call them the Edmonton Oilers of the NBA. Uh, in the in that era, because it, you know the Oilers and the NHL were just getting number one picks like crazy, and the one year that they probably shouldn't have gotten the number one pick, they did, and they they did draft Connor McJesus, and everyone's pissed off about that, and now he's dying out in Edmonton because they still suck, even though he's godly. Uh, but that's an aside. Sorry, keep going. All right. So then, what happens is. Uh... DeAndre Aiden comes in there, whatever. But then this year, it is known that Anthony Davis is probably out. The Pelicans just so happen to land the number one pick on a smaller probability, but bigger than the Knicks, than the Suns, than everybody else. And they so happen to land a guy who can probably, if he learns how to work with a three-point shot and learn how to just distribute the ball on the post a little bit more, a perfectly acceptable replacement to Anthony Davis. How convenient, gentlemen, mm-hmm. Rick. 
No, no science. Okay. It. It's happened three times the last 10 years. I'm going to say there's some sneaky stuff going on. Rick. <laughs> it's like when people call meteorologists wrong because the unlikely event happened. Shake my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I... It, it doesn't snow in Florida, guys. But it's snowing in the NBA. It snowed in Vegas. I remember that. The Golden Knights were posting that. But um, I think what would help this, because the reporters that were there, um, and I remember Ira Winderman of the Sun Sentinel who covers the Heat, said that they knew the results an hour before the show. But obviously they have to do the show because, you know, advertising dollars and all that show, you know, uh, you know uh, drama, what, what have you. Um, it would... It would make more sense for all of us, but to kind of see them with the ping pong balls, just like the lottery in, you know, on a, like a regular lottery for us, you know, hey, and here's one, here's two, and here's whatever, you know, and they just go in order like that. I don't know. I don't know what's what's a way of, of making the NBA draft lottery more more like that but or at least make it or at least take away that sense that it's it's rigged you know from you all 30 teams all 30 teams oh rich gets richer then you know what that's like because that's what free agency is supposed to do right free agency is supposed to balance honestly i'm glad the nba lowered the odds for a ton of teams especially those three worst teams because honestly the phoenix suns did not deserve this i'll tell you that much the Phoenix Suns are the I, I, one I team that do not deserve another number one pick. I, I, know, I would have lost it, though, because here's the thing. it's Here I am saying rigged, but the worst team doesn't get it because if they got it, I kind of would have hated it so much. I mean, the New so, York Knicks were awful. So if, you know, from a baseball football perspective, yes, they probably deserve the number one pick in that sense because they were awful. But they were so awful on purpose that it was like, oh, my God. It, it kind of felt like, and, and this is something, um, another hockey reference, uh, when and if anybody's seen the documentary, I don't know if it was TSN or or Sportsnet who did it, but it was covering the the the, the drafting of Mario Lemieux and the outright awful tanking that teams were doing just to get him because they knew they knew he was going to be something else. And it was so egregious that it was like, man, if you were a Penguins fan, I think like I think it was the Penguins and uh, maybe the New Jersey Devils back then. I forgot who else. Uh, was in the running for 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 Lemieux, but it was like, like this is this is awful. The players knew it. Everybody knew it, and I, I don't. I think leagues are trying to avoid such egregious tanking at this point. Like in football, in the NFL, like I'm hoping the Dolphins are going to be awful. Okay, yeah. because in the NFL, sometimes uh, it, it doesn't take much for you to get a few more pieces, and you can make an awful team suddenly better. Coaching. I think it's a lot more stronger in football. So strategy and, and, and GMing, all that type of stuff, kind of can get you out of the basement faster in the NFL, right? you know, because getting a number one pick, um, one guy in football, unless it's like a supremely awesome quarterback, is not going to do much to, to, you know, lift your, your team out of, out, of, out of the basement. But, um, and, and the same thing in baseball, but NBA, yeah. NHL, a little less so, but you get a number one guy like a Crosby or an Ovechkin or Lemieux or whoever, also, or, or, or McDavid, unless you're the Oilers who seem to can't seem to do anything with them. But the, 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 real, the real trick, though, is Taylor, uh, is Taylor Hall. Wherever <laughs> Taylor Hall goes, the number one pick goes. He was drafted by the Oilers 
God knows when, several years ago. Um, and the Oilers kept getting all these number one picks. Eventually, Taylor Hall was traded to the Devils, New Jersey Devils. And guess what? They got the number one pick this year. <laughs> right. But outside of that, uh, I, I guess well, I mean, trying to think of a solution to this, I would just like to see the ping pong balls. First off, it's fun to watch. Everybody loves the ping pong balls. It's, it's, all, it's all for show and TV, man. Right. You know, and, and it, but they're, they're trying to elongate this and make this a whole half hour, hour special, which, you know, I, I kind of wish it would just like be something before the, the NBA the whatever playoff game is going on that night, whatever. But um, so yeah, kind of fishy. But um, the Pelicans franchise for now is saved. For now, I mean, I'm gonna touch on that one real quick because I was trying to type it out and I realized there's so much to type. Um, it this is good if the incentive because you gotta think of who won here for the Pelicans. They get Zion presumably. Even if they lost Anthony Davis, now you can trade him for whatever assets you have. But with the NBA, and I, this also applies to the NHL, I might have mind about the draft. I look to you two and you know BU to kind of even out when it comes to draft stuff. But if you have a small market team getting the first overall pick, this should at least incentivize owners in those small market teams to keep keep it going. You know, and not do anything that could damage. I mean, the 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 Pelicans' ownership. Remember, they're owned by the Saints too. Um, yeah, so they're, they're kind of they're like medium mixed, I guess. But look at right. number two, which would be Memphis. Memphis, Memphis right? Very. I mean, when Justin Timberlake owns a share into you, you gotta be concerned because that's not Steve Ballmer, who you know has his waiter. Richest owner in sports. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, who did try to spend everything, and the only reason why they made the big culture shift, I think, was Doc Rivers said, "Listen, we're not winning with these star studded dudes." Yeah, it was. So, it was time. It was time. Yeah, but um, I, I mean, look, it's more or less that I, I will subscribe to the conspiracy that you're doing this before you even have the megastar traded away. I've just seen it happen too many times because it's natural for a guy to leave and then that team sucks. And wrong situation. And there's the speculation now. Like, hmm, the Los Angeles Lakers happen to get the number four pick. Anthony yeah. Davis wants to go to L.A. Uh, you can trade the number four pick and really, like, the Pelicans so, can so really let's, load let's up. Let's have fun with this. Right. Do you trade the fourth pick for him? Uh, if four, I mean, they need some guards so you can get that cover-up. Yeah. Especially with the backstabber. Mm-hmm. Um, because oh, yeah. Kuzma kind of plays a little bit of both, like a small forward. Right. And I think, especially, point. right, I think if the Pelicans, because they're not going to win now. They're not going to win now, even with Zion. So, because, like, even LeBron, when he was drafted, uh, took what? It took, two, it took three yeah, yeah, but Yeah, about two or three years before they finally made that finals in 2007. So, the Pelicans would probably be a few years off. The Lakers do have a lot of young pieces. And if Zion really is the, the the type of player that people think he's going to be, it would by that point you would if if the Pelicans are smart and we don't know that at this well, point, if especially with New they could they could build something akin to what I'm seeing maybe probably out in Milwaukee. Okay, yeah, no, that, that Milwaukee, and I would say the other comparison to it would essentially be 
just um Giannis wasn't even a number one pick he was like a number 14 or something yeah he was low in he was low in so i would say him in comparison and then here's the other thing that will mess with you old school spurs you get right like yeah. like like um let's say when early 2000 early 2000 spurs yeah because i mean granted they had the david robinson to just kind of ease that transition but he was he was just there to but be but basically that well-rounded you know manu tony and and, and tim Type of thing. You, have to, you have to think of what you have there is that presumably you get Zion and we don't know the mega impact but he's still a big boy and he could at least get you some points and deep play defense you have Drew Holiday still under contract so you have a very competent right guard who has a above average play and, and honestly like uh, uh, that one season they were good with Anthony Davis and Marcus Cousins you could yeah. see like Drew there, Holiday was there too. right there was some some sort of uh they, they were trying to build something they just didn't know how to do it so hopefully they'll get a this is their round two essentially because they were they they drafted a, a superstar once and supposedly we'll see if this is dra number two right here for them but give them a fourth pick and i'll leave it at this give them the fourth pick so you have those two and then you got a fourth guy uh, or the fourth pick in the draft, presumably another forward, the kind of building, because remember, they got rid of Miritich and all that. Right. And you let the growing pains happen the first mm -hmm. year. And then, remember, right. you've got out two rookie contracts, which are still cheaper, so you can try to pay right a salary to get the competent bench guys. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking of it in the long run. If if the Pelicans trade with the Lakers, the Lakers have three more seasons under LeBron, okay? Yeah. Three more seasons. I don't think the Pelicans were compete between that time. We're still waiting what the Warriors are going to do during the offseason if, you know, if KD does leave. And so everything's kind of open-ended. The Pelicans in three seasons could actually be right back in the mix if things, if they do things the right way. Okay. What are you playing, by the way? Oh, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. Pokemon. Yeah. The last show. S uh, speaking of, um, actually, we should we segue? Uh, no. Yeah, let's do it. Are, are you ready? I, I mean, I, I can get into it. I, it's around eight o'clock though, so I don't know if you want to. Okay. Do our well, no, uh, well, yeah, that's well, it's eight o'clock, but I have forty-four minutes on the thing. But that we did start late, so that's true. Uh, but so we're. I mean, if you guys want to, actually, we're actually doing some things a little differently because um, we're, we're going to, we, we added a segment called the real MVP. Mm. And this is for one person and one person only. And I don't know who wants to explain why. Does anybody want to explain why? We got our first important. patron. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have a patron. Someone donated to us on Patreon and is willing to donate to us. I'm not going to say the amount. You can go to our actual I can I say I can say this to people now. Okay, patreon.com/sportsgoofs. That is the link. We we are sports goofs everywhere. We have a patron and this person was very generous and I thanked them wholeheartedly saying we were going to thank them. Charles, you said you were going to say something. You, yeah, I don't know if you have anything prepared, but um, uh, we are very thankful. It is the first step to actually being, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you're a YouTuber or what have you. You know, and this is this is our step to being pro Jared. If anybody knows who, about pro, who pro Jared is, look it up. Just just don't go to the images. Just avoid images because you will you will not like that. But uh, look it up on YouTube and you'll be pleasantly amused. 
amused, uh, intrigued, uh, but that's a whole other aside. So, uh, sorry, uh, go ahead, Charles. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, listen, we we don't want your money. Do we need your money? No, but we will always take free money. But we just want to take a nice shout out to our main man, awesome jacket dude, because. Who, 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 you know this guy is awesome. One, his profile picture is a picture of Kirby with, with sunglasses. Yeah, so there goes that. You know, because I could wear a jacket and look lame because I would just wear that 1990 soccer mom denim because that's all I was raised on. But this guy, when you see his jacket, it's mythological. I haven't really seen it, but I'm told that your eyeballs will burn out. I, I'm told that when he whispers in your ear, you become putty and you get chills. I, I'm told that, you know, he's the reason why Haley's Comet comes here every 75 years because she just heard that that man is the best of the best. And <laughs> I'm, I don't want to say if he had a wrestling persona, but if he was a wrestling persona, he'd be Bret Hart because he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. He's so cool that he even lets you touch the jacket every now and then. That's not an innuendo. Don't be pervy. Um, so thank you to Awesome Jacket Dude for thinking that we, and what I mean we, mostly Francisco because he does all the work, uh, is special enough to take your hard-earned money. So I think that's always great because I'll donate a dollar to charity. I usually go with, you know, sick kids with cancer or, like, you know, Humane Society, stuff like that, St. Jude's, what have you. But for someone said, I'm going to weigh my money for those charities to three guys who – just want to keep their sanity going by talking about sports and games. I appreciate you. All right, Andrew, you have any any things to say to awesome jacket dude? I mean, there's not really much more I can add that hasn't been said, but thank you. You you know, uh, you know we we feel like uh, we're actually kind of making not making a difference that's <laughs> i'm not sure what kind of difference we're making. i haven't saved the sea turtle yet dude so <laughs> i don't know if i'm making a difference here um but we're people are enjoying the content i mean we we speak to all you guys I, honestly I, i'll say this about the making the difference um we will like the ten dollars okay gosh darn it, i mentioned the amount of money but whatever <laughs> it's still generous it's still it it's still something we appreciate it's still something we're going to put to good use. Honestly, I want to buy a capture card so we can, you know, game on here. and actually. Our, our original... That was our original goal. Our original goal, right. and we actually did it for a couple of episodes, Right. was we were running an emulator on Francisco's right. computer. But my computer is about to explode. Right, as well as doing the show. His computer is not designed for that. It can do one or the other, not right. both. Right. Uh, so with a capture card, we'd be able to bring move a, beyond yeah, emulators. You bring your PS4 or my exactly. Switch or and better for better for us personally, since we've always focused on old school sports games. Yeah, I can. Bring we can my, do. My, my, I have, my, I have, yeah, I have an Xbox. I have an oh, original yeah. Xbox. Right. Um, and a 360. So that means. Um, NCAA football. NCAA football 06, which I think is one of, if not the best version in the franchise. Uh, you know, you know, even the NHL hits. NHL hits, NHL 94, um, NBA Jam, NBA Streets. Uh, I have V3, the one with Mario in it. 
Um, so th- there's a uh, million things. Some some obviously WWE. You know we got to play those as well. So it having a capture card really opens up a whole new element to the show for us that we had hoped to do at one point. And the, the making a difference part. Uh, when I buy from Amazon, I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you put in smile.amazon.com into your browser, uh, whatever you buy on Amazon, or at least most of the stuff that you buy, especially for Prime, uh, part of that Amazon, part of the, the, the proceeds will go to a charity of your choice. Um, mm-hmm. So my charity of choice is the, um, the Wildlife Corridor. And yeah. I, I, I guess I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but it's a... It's a conservation conservation effort to save the Florida Panther, the actual Florida Panther, and even though the team probably does need saving as the well. The team does need a bit of saving <laughs> as well. Uh, but we did take them earlier, so the, don't worry. Joel Quimbo will take care of that. Um, uh, helps create corridors for the Florida Panther to roam uh, and not get run over on um, on, on Alligator Alley and I seventy five. So. Um, it's a great initiative, but it, you know, we'll 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 definitely, if whatever we get, we'll do it through that. So we do do some good, you know. <laughs> exactly. In a in a kind of roundabout way, we are making a difference in the world. So awesome jacket, dude. Um, you are awesome, dude. Exactly. You're the real MVP. Yeah, and I honestly, I I wanted to put Kevin Durant here, but I'm actually a fan of Kevin Durant. Even though he kind of pisses everybody off, but he's just like me. He goes on Twitter and you know, and and, and roasts people and you know does little Twitter wars with everybody. Right. That's you know, oh, he's got millions of dollars, man. That guy has emotions and feelings. Sometimes you go on Twitter and you call out Customs and Border Patrol, okay? Which is what I did today, so I probably should watch my back. But don't worry, Valerie Putin will take care of that because he's watching our stream now up in Russia. Um, that gosh, that was a tangent. What was I saying? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So um, there was a book that just came out for Kevin Durant. Uh, I forgot who wrote it. But basically, you know, talking about his life and whatever. And, you know, he came from like squalor and all that stuff. And now he's he's huge. And, uh, you know, when he thanked his mom when he won the MVP, people like made memes out of it. Right. Even I made a meme out of it. I made Doug a meme out of it for law school. Right. But but he did. It was for one of his classes. Right. Right. But if, if you take all that aside, it was really a touching right. moment. It was. And so when I heard the guy who wrote the book explaining how the change Kevin Durant has done since he left uh, Oklahoma City, and now he's kind of like a, like a bad guy to a lot of people. He's rubbed people the wrong way. He's rubbed the media the wrong way, even though the stuff that he says about the media, I wholeheartedly agree with him with, um, especially being in locker rooms and just be like, why, why? Why are you asking the question? <laughs> you know, it's so obvious. But um, so I didn't want to put the the meme there because that was a touching moment, and it really beats. And that's probably maybe he felt so hurt when people made a meme out of that. So I won't put it up. Yeah. Because of that, so uh, Kevin Durant, so if you want to donate to us on our Patreon page, <laughs> you're more than welcome to. Just saying. And, and then, then you would also be in our real MVP segment. <laughs> right and uh well okay we won't go off on that guys do you have any non-sponsors since we're, we're already here uh i do okay 
Uh, I actually have one. Oh, or not. oh okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. All righty. John Boys. John Boys, man. He is the king of random, but he has a job that I would take in a heartbeat if someone offered it to me. I love research. Got his Twitter account up on the screen right now. I love doing research. I don't know why. Believe it or not, I look up and research just the most random things to unwind. I, I'll research. Uh, I can't even off the top of my head think of anything. But ask me to research something, and I will get it for you. I, I develop. I've always had the gene, uh, but I really honed it in journalism school and in law school where it's essentially a necessity. Um, so the fact that his job is researching just the most random things, his current series is the, um, the, the endangerment, endangerment of Bob. Bob. The Bob, it's up here on the screen. The Bob emergency, a study of athletes named Bob. I haven't seen the second. It was a, it's a two part series. I didn't get a chance to see part two yet, which was released today. But part one, uh, the the premise of it is he, I don't know how he was able to, and more importantly, how he even came up with the concept. Uh, part two is good. I'm I'm gonna check it out this evening when I get home. Uh, so the for those who don't know, the concept is he went back to like the 1890s, maybe even further back, and he's kept a track of. Every single Bob, not Robert. Every athlete. Every, every athlete. athlete. Regardless of sport. Regardless of sport. Even wrestling, Charles. Regardless of sport, regardless of level of sport. I mean, it has to be professional. Um, no, no, that's not true because he did college football as well. College sports. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the, the main, main sports, basically. Like, he's not going to go down to, like, the AHL, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think he's mentioned minor league names, but right. but he's but he's he's covered every right. everything. So he created a graph of how many bobs there have been, and at least in part one, he said the pinnacle, the most bobs around it was almost like six hundred bobs um, in the mid to late nineteen sixties. And it's been a steady, steady decline to the point where we're only at nine bobs right now or something. We're in the single digits. Um, so it is the bob emergency that we're bob emergency that we're losing so many bobs. Um, and there have been a lot of good bobs like, um, you know, me from baseball background, Bob Gibson, Bob Feller, Bob Lemon, um, you know, Bob Brenly. Yeah. And uh but not Bob Craft. Well, he doesn't go by by Bob. He actually goes by Robert. Right. And, and he does mention that in his second part. You have to see it. Uh, well, at least in the first part, he said he's only accepting people who go by Bob. Right. Uh, so Roberts need not apply, even if even if their name is Robert. Even that if that is their official name, um, if they go by Bob, they apply. Um, <laughs> yeah he's the furthest thing from an athlete that is true unless he was doing some athletic things in that tape that we can't see now <laughs> i don't know do you know, have any insight on that charles no oh am i allowed to go, go ahead <laughs> Fine. it's just playing the game of who 
Ah, oh, ah, oh, you're killing me here. You're killing me. Just call it who finishes last. There you go. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that. You can leave that to your imagination. <laughs> so, yeah, my non-sponsor's got to be John Boy's. Um, boy, I, I, I... Who cares? I graduated law school. Who cares anymore? I first found out about him when he did his 17776 series, which was the state of football in the year 17,776. Um... Watch or it's a, it's a mix of read and watch, uh, mostly read. It is totally worth your time. I swear you will love it. Um, that's how I first found out about him. And to the point why I bring up law school is that in the middle of one of my 1L classes, um, we were allowed to use laptops. And I I'm assuming it was torts. <laughs> no, it was it was spring oh. semester. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, I couldn't care less, or I think it was one L. Could have been something else, but, no. but I couldn't care less about the class because seventeen seven seventy six was there. It had just been released, I think, like the last episode, and I said, "Screw this class! I am wa- I am reading the finale of this." So, in the middle of what I presume was an important law school class. I'm going through and reading this series and I got the feels, man. The end of that series was gave me the feels. I'm hoping that he does like a 177776 just to see how it plays out. But seriously, go check him out. His uh, Twitter handle is right there. Yeah. John underscore boys. Um, and there's like a running joke on every time SB Nation posts a video. Where's John Boyce? Exactly, because he's, um, I don't know if, well, JonTron is posting more stuff now, but he's kind of like the JonTron of sports where he, he doesn't post regularly at all. But when he does, it's a big one. He, he is the equivalent of an investigative reporter, investigative journalist. They, their job, they don't output much. They, you know, most reporters are expected to do X amount of stories a week. Um, So they're judged on a day-to-day basis. Investigative reporters are on a month-to-month scale. Um, He is the investigative reporter, investigative journalist of sports media. Because uh, this, he was off the air, quote-unquote, for several months before he came back and did the search for the world's saddest punt, right, which was released a couple of months ago, and he did a whole mathematics system uh, to determine what is statistically, by his method, the worst punt in the in the twenty first century in the NFL. So yeah, he is. Um, he really is. Uh... A superstar, but he's actually the creative director. So any video that you're watching about Espionation that's kind of interesting, like Collapse and all stuff, he probably has his hands yeah. in it. So uh, even though he's not there, he's, he's there. there. Yeah. So <laughs> John Boys. All right. Ch- uh, Charles, do you have somebody? Yeah, I can do this real quickly. Yay. So the, the month of May is just extremely busy for me, mostly because it's holidays and birthdays. Two weeks ago was Mother's Day uh, or somewhere around that line. Look how we can change. It was Mother's Day. One of my close friends' birthday was on uh, 
the 17th, then my mother's birthday was on the 19th. So when I get hectic, I know I'm going to go a little bit broke, but I, you know, as an attorney, I feel that I have to kind of feel compelled to get you more than just a basic card that I made from a scrap note if you're if you're a special person. So <laughs> I typically frequent one place, and that's Hallmark. So my non-sponsor of the week is Hallmark. That gives you the variety of stuff that you need because you live in a podunk town like I do that doesn't have much variety when you're in the gift-giving sections. They got stuff that I like to give gifts for the ornaments for Christmas. My sister loves peanuts, so I always get her like a little like live bubble of that. You get some cool uh, ornaments too if you like weird stuff like I do to put on a Christmas tree. And of course the cards for every occasion as grim humored as I have, uh, you know, to, you know, for a raunchy happy birthday thing, but family oriented, you know, happy birthday card graduations. Uh, get well soon. Sorry for your losses, which make me feel weird. But hey, you know, people think a card's appropriate for that. Who am I to tell them not to get one? In fact, I'll tell them to go to Hallmark to get the best damn sorry for your loss sympathy card out there. Um, you know, it, it's just the place to go. Plus, I got to use a coupon, sign up for the Hallmark Crown membership thing. You save some money, and those cards are typically about five, six, seven, eight dollars. Save two, three bucks. Hey, it's better than just getting a 99 cents one. And what you can write in there is great and monumental, but at least the people that see will recognize as a Hallmark card. And maybe you care about them a little bit more than just going to the Dollar Tree and get the cute little puppy or cat thing. Step it up a game a little bit. Oh, no. I, I, I'm looking here on the screen. They got a little wiener dog one. And it pops out. It's 3D. That's pretty cool. I like that. They have a sushi one. This one's fun. Oh, they're all pop-ups. I like that. Look, if you're going to give them just a basic gift card like I do nine out of ten times, at least give them something that they're like, all right, it's something different besides a gift card insert holder. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Hallmark uh, will go with uh, promo code birthdays. Yay. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is fun. I haven't seen. Wow. These are these pop-up ones are really fun. I got to get these for my nephew when it's his birthday. There you go. Yeah, he'll like that. Okay, and there's a dog with his with his uh, his head out the the window of a car with sunglasses. That one's fun. <laughs> uh, well, okay, sorry. Let me uh, uh, let me do mine. Uh, yesterday, guys, I was in the uh, I was in the city of Houston, Texas, home of the Astros, the Rockets, and the Texans. And uh, I got out of court. Was done for the day. Had uh, about maybe three or four hours to kill in Houston, Texas. Didn't know what to do. So I went on good old Yelp. And I'm like, you know what? Let's let's learn about the history of Houston, Texas. And I'm like, nah, that's too boring. Let's learn about the history of the world. So I'm like, ah, I want to learn about the history of the world. Um, so I decided to go to the Houston Museum of Natural Science. And the reason I went there is their massive collection of dinosaurs i'm my friends I, I love dinosaurs i've loved them since i was a kid i still love dinosaurs um honestly like i well, i won't mention anything about my case but let me let's just say the dinosaurs put me in a very very good mood afterwards <laughs> um there's nothing in this world that cannot be solved by dinosaurs really uh really nothing uh, everything could be solved if, if we just had more dinosaurs and and except that's for meteors uh, <laughs> except for meteors that is the one thing that dinosaurs cannot prevent but uh hopefully somebody will make jurassic park and life will find a way 
uh, because I, I'm hoping that uh, dinosaurs do come back to life, and and so I can have one, and I can train one, and I can just have it, and just have a dinosaur. Because I, I like birds, and the reason I like birds is because birds are the closest things that we have to dinosaurs at this point. So the Houston Museum was actually really nice. Uh, they had like this collection of gems, like really expensive looking gems, like like pay off my student loans gems that I, I wish I could have been able to take, but I cannot because that's illegal. Uh, they had a nice collection. They had a nice this nice section. I don't know if anybody's been to those museums where they have like the the animals, like the, the exhibits that you see like animals and stuff. They had this exhibit of like um, Texas wildlife and it's just all these animals that you find in Texas, stuffed obviously, or not stuffed, I don't think they're real, but you know, models of, of these animals. So that was a nice area to see. Um, they had a giant marlin. Like they had something about, like the Houston Museum actually has like this program where they research the uh, migration patterns or, or I guess the movement patterns of, of billfish Billfish, include, which includes uh, marlins, sailfish, uh, and swordfish. Basically, fishes that can stab you. Um, and uh, Because apparently marlins are one of the first fastest fish in the ocean um, out there, uh, I think along with like the mako shark. Uh, and uh, they, they cover a lot of ground. They're huge. They're, they're, they're huge fish. And, um, I, and so I, I think they said something that the marlins can actually tell them more about the environment of, you know, especially the other fishes around the, the certain areas. So um, they're tracking marlins. I'm glad they're not, well, I'm, I'm not going to make fun of the marlins. Gosh darn it, man. I know they're, they're actually winning right now, three to one. So, um, uh, so I was, that was nice to see because I was actually wearing my marlins gear from the, from from uh, from the game, I actually wore the shirt nice. while I was while I was touring that museum. So I was like, I was going there. People were looking at me. I'm like, yes, I am the Marlins fan that you hear about, <laughs> the one, the one that you hear about. Um, and it was a great museum, very nice. They have this butterfly exhibit, just a ton of butterflies. If you're into that as well, and honestly, uh, and they actually they actually have a really good food court which is pretty interesting as well. So, and it's it's surrounded by all these other museums and this like huge public park there. So it's a really nice area to visit. It's in, I don't know, Houston's a huge city. It's massive. It's, it's so widespread. Like that's the thing that kind of, kind of put me at unease to be honest. But I'm trying to uh, see if I can get some of my uh, RCFB mod friends who are from Houston to come in and chat with us really quick. I'm not sure if they'll be able to get in in time. Yeah, but um, but the city, uh, I, I, I ate at this place called Fat Bao, which is, Bao's are like these buns, these Asian buns, and they like put stuff in it. And, and they're really good. If you've been to like an Asian fusion restaurant, they probably have it. Um, those were really good. Um, but yeah, the Houston, um, Houston uh, Museum of Natural Sciences, promo code, life finds a way. All right, so what should we t cover next? Uh, uh, I, I mean, I feel like we're obligated to Charles. Well, not obligated, but we need a we need a dose of the cage here, man. Especially because I actually was like uh, watching, like I wasn't watching WWE, but I was watching the reaction to Raw last night and uh, from Twitter, and I was sending them to you and getting your reactions from them. Because, uh, Charles, there's a new belt out there, a new championship belt. What is that about? All right. Because so it looks awful. Like, design-wise, it looks awful. 
when you come into the cage, you're going to have a miserable time because it's steel on flesh being rubbed around. It's basically like going to a doctor's appointment and you got to get your prostate checked because this week's a rough one. <laughs> it's a rough one and it's a good one and you come in walking away with a little lube falling out. Um, Vince McMahon at this time of the year panics. I think I preface it with each segment during this time of the year, but I will always start with, as you know, wrestling is scripted. It's not get scripted. You never really know who's winning or losing. Uh, it's a dance with people in singlets and other ring attire going at it, and it's a soap opera with barbarism. But every now and then, there's this sick, twisted little child telling his mother that he wants to see this happen and this happen, and the fans and everybody else in the Coliseum is like, we don't want that to happen, but there's this tiny little emperor with short little feet and stubby fingers saying, no, but I want it. And he disregards everything in the Coliseum, the fan base, forgetting who's paying as patrons. We never do, but he does. That little man is Vincent Kenny McMahon. So Vince is panicking because right now he he's about to sell the Fox completely. I mean, it's done, but the transitions come where SmackDown's going to go in October. Mm. XFL's coming around the horizon. Raw's around, but Raw and SmackDown are having low numbers. So Vince says, ah, how can I get more money? And then we are in the background, including myself, saying, logical booking? He's like, nah, storylines that make sense? Nah, give guys time to shine? <laughs> nah, let's introduce a new title belt. And then I'm like, oh, this could work. Are you going to introduce, like, the television title that was in WCW? People were mentioning that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah because the, 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 the TV title was, as you heard, defended on TV, hardly on pay-per-views. It was used to kind of give guys who were in – because there's three stages of the card. Main event card, mid-card low card low cards are usually your jobbers or your entry guys stuff that you see in the dark matches and what have you but you can use the tv title to kind of get those transition guys from a low card to mid card mid card to main event card just to have them on screen the, the best mid card guy i think of that tv title would have been appropriate is cesaro he is a main event level talent that vince never want to push in the main event so he's always putting him in mid card or putting him in like the tag team whatever but instead vince decided to say hey Let's introduce this new title. And we're going to have Mick Foley out there. And people guys, is it going to be a hardcore title? Because, you know, Mick was a hardcore champion. He was the first ever hardcore champion in WWE. You're kind of right, but you're kind of wrong. It's the bastardized version. That's the only time you're going to hear me curse today. Bastardized version of the hardcore title. We were introduced to the 24-7 title, as Francisco has in the background. The only thing that comes from the hardcore lineage was that there's no hardcore match because we're in the PG era, but what you have is uh, the titles defended 24-7, which is something that WWE did in its heyday when it was still WF. Um, so this title is going to be utilized for both brands, also to NXT, 205 Live, NXT UK, social media, might make Twitter feeds, Facebook feeds interesting. It is god-awful. It might as well be called the jobber title because guys who are really only going to go for it or guys who aren't doing anything low-end dudes who can't get the crowd over look at that belt it looks like part of the green power rangers equipment <laughs> it's like someone took it from tommy oliver and then decided to put freaking flavor flakes input it's, on it. it's so uh, it's so it's such an underwhelming design no, it's, it's like yeah oh, uh okay we got to design this belt crap okay i'll open up microsoft word and, and kind of just put 24 7 on there i don't know oh, oh no they just took it from the waffle house sign. someone in open gimp they open gimped yeah. Uh, I think that was the. I think that's the 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 the, the cheap. I think free uh, open source um, 
uh, Photoshop program, non-Photoshop program. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this, this, I, yeah. GNU image manipulation program. Yeah. Right. That is, I love that thing. It, uh, has they do too, me. apparently. What's that? They do too. Apparently. Oh yeah, apparently so. Yeah, because it, it looks like it was made out of that. Because that's the that's the stuff people use for deviant art. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a deviant art belt. They should just call that the deviant art belt. Okay. Guys, it, it I'll, I'll like, make a group, and then you guys can look at my my Sonic OCs. It, it looks like something that a group project made in middle school just to be cool, man. Like I hate it. I hate it so much. You could have you could have called it the chaos. But, oh, idol. but but please explain to me what is the purpose of this because raw is three hours long ratings are tough instead of giving compelling storylines and logical booking we're going to use this belt to be a comedy belt there's already been three champions established because you you control it 24 7 so they start the introduction with a a gold rush basically whoever gets the belt out of the ring is the champion titus o'neill of course it would be titus love the guy but vince is never going to push him get the belt comes out then all of a sudden they did me wrong man it did my boy Bobby rude wrong who is now robert rude with his magna pi mustache and has him come out of nowhere and then roll off on Titus O'Neil to win the two out to get the three count of this belt under the 24-7 concept within three minutes of it being in its inception. And then later on on like the WWE.com website, R Truth, whom I love, who you saw was the man, the black man with the title belt on there with the dreads and everything. Great guy, great character. He now wins it. It's gonna be done for comedy and it's Vince McMahon comedy, which means it's gonna be cringeworthy, which means someone's gonna get pinned while they're taking a drop into the toilets. Yeah, I can tell you it's going to happen. Some guy is going to be right next to a farting man in a toilet, and they're going to get pinned one, two, three. And that's going to be wasting time because it's tough to produce all those hours of television. The third hour is notably, you know, notably the bad part where everything drops, especially with the basketball playoffs. And they even had Mick Foley kind of like break cave. They'd be like, oh, the third hour of Raw is going to get a little grittier. It's going to get a little bit more Raw. I'm like, hey, man, I'm not comfortable with this. What are you doing? Uh, so this is all just a ploy to ease up ratings, and you yeah. know the whole Occam's Razor concept is not there for the twisted little demented pe- child who's telling the fans of the Coliseum, "I don't care about your pe- opinions." Yeah, people are like, I'm reading, like uh, I'm I'm putting I put uh, on Twitter the reactions. People, some people are okay with it. Some people, uh, there's a few that people that like it. Uh, some people, uh, here's a, like a comment from this person. Okay, it, it'll make it somewhat more interesting, you know. Here, people, yeah, dear God, that new belt, they're so desperate. What if instead they made a, here's an, I guess this is a guy's suggestion, made a journeyman championship where they'd have to defend on every brand at least once every 30 days? Really? I mean, that's an idea someone posted there. We called it an Iron Man championship. And to be an Iron Man, you always got to be ready. There's nothing <laughs> better than a 24 7 role. Yeah. It sounds like you took the idea. From like, oh, what those hippie kids like. Let's go do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, they might as well just make a Fortnite belt if they wanted to. Yeah, pretty much. Dapped out. Old man yells at the cloud. And I hate it because you want to know why I hate it? Because I'm, I'm talking about it. I'm amused by it, but I'm against it. It's all things. It doesn't feel right. Oh, yeah. I, I love the... See it on screen. I have it backwards uh, on screen because uh, the WWE really likes to copy strike us, uh, copyright strike us. So this is one of the ways to kind of get around that. But I'm just I'm just looking at their Twitter or, or Twitter reactions here uh, as, as people are putting gifts of like just disappointment in in the the idea. 
um, or at least the design of the thing, which is just awful. It's just really yeah. awful. You, you can feel Vince panicking, and the problem is, is that when the guy from the top who oversees everything, who has all that autonomous, near tyrannical control, is making these decisions that are just not fun and good for the brand and the program, you can't topple him. You might have to pull a Jon Snow, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Triple H, do it. And here's a suggestion from somebody. I don't know if you, you, you'd agree with this. They should let the wrestlers book their own angles and matches for the 24-7 title, give them creative reign to build up interest in the belt. Never would happen. No. Because WCW tried that, and that was a little bit of the downfall. Mm, um, but okay. this is a nothing title, so you could really do what you want. So that's the benefit of it. There is really no stories that's comedy. Okay, so this one right here. Uh, it's just a po- uh, it's a photo of a little kid, but it says, "Meet the second grader who designed the WWE's new twenty four seven belt." There you go. I mean, you know what have been if you told me, Charles, you gotta give me a new title, but you gotta make it interesting, and you can't use the TV title, and you still have to take in the whole wild card rule where some people from Raw can go to SmackDown and vice versa. I would have said intergender tag team titles, and one woman versus the other man and woman because they already did that in a mixed match match, I can't speak mixed match challenge that they had on Facebook Mm -hmm. you know the first season winner was Asuka and the Miz and the second season winner was R-Troop and Carmella because that way you can use the people who aren't being used and then people you consider to be jobbers on something that actually has a competitive spirit and instead of doing 24-7 they just have to defend it on every brand yeah. Because the women's tag team belts are kind of a joke. No offense to women and all the progressive stuff. It's just Vince doesn't give them TV time. And if you go and get TV time, you aren't important. And if you're a title holder who holds the titles and you don't get TV time and you don't get a match at the main pay-per-view, like the money event, like the poor Iconics didn't get, guess mm-hmm. what you are? An afterthought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... All in all, this belt is just a filler in a sense. Just a filler. Just, it's a nothing. It's a yeah. it's a comedy title, but okay. they don't want to call it that. Yeah, somebody actually posted that same thought, and then finally, uh, one last uh, mention here from Twitter. Someone who something that you have been saying since the beginning. Vince is slowly ruining the WWE. Triple H needs to take over and turn it around. Oh yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna it, wrestling to soap opera. It's this to this is from Ariana show. Hall, so you should probably like tweet her. Maybe you know. Ariana Hall. Yeah. You know, right now I'm saying I agree with you. Yeah. I'm waiting for Triple H to pedigree Vince, <laughs> the bathroom stall, and then pin him for the twenty four seven title. Now here uh, here is something I'm curious to get your take on. Yes. Vince McMahon just sold a couple hundred million. Uh, a couple hundred million dollars worth of shares or stock to fund the XFL. Yes. Do you think, I mean, dude is still insanely wealthy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a billionaire or something. He is, but he's not like the low end billionaire status. I just, you know, a couple billion dollars. He's in the club. Okay. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. Um, do you think with him moving on to the XFL again, do you think that might be kind of a a canary in the coal mine, if you will, that he might be looking to life beyond the WWE? No, I think he just wanted to go back to where he fell because he's a man of pride. Because remember, he still ran the XFL and the WWE 
WWF, back when it was WWF, when it was in existence, tell me if this gets continued past one year, then we'll see. Because, yeah, I think this stuff isn't going to 2020. Mm. So really, it's got to be about 2022 when it's even contemplated. Because after that, you got your first year, first two years of expectation if it's too much of a burden. I would imagine... Here's the thing you gotta remember about Vince. He's not just owner, you guys. He's not just CEO. He's the main producer, a main writer, head of creative. He's the guy who's signing checks. He's meeting the guys. He's making terminations or planning out stories. You know what he's essentially doing is watching WWE product almost 27, not 24/7, and then working out at the gym. So, you know that is his life investment. With the XFL, I'm sure there's an oversight to it, but that's why you have your commissioner, Oliver Luck, to be doing a good portion of work. Vince is just probably going to be there for boardroom meetings and to show up in games on the broadcast level so people can be like, hey, good job, man, high five, you know, down low, too slow kind of stuff. Vince is still going to be a creative force until he says, I can't do this anymore, you know. Okay. All right, so that was a good romp through the cage, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm bad for bruise, but I'm uh, we ready next time. Okay. Uh, Andrew, I don't know if you if you race do we have four more cup stuff? We do. Oh, okay. So let's let's uh let's go there then. Uh, standard disclaimer. Mm-hmm. So for anyone that doesn't know, the Fulmer Cup is a, an annual quote unquote competition that is run by the by RCFB, the college football subreddit. Um, again, this is not the official podcast. This is not officially sanctioned. We could by... be if they wanted us to be. We could be. So anyway, this is not officially sanctioned by RCFB or the Fulmer Cup, uh, but it's just fun to keep a track of. So since we last discussed the Fulmer Cup, we've had two arrests. First was Brian Edwards, who was defensive back at the University of Florida. He was arrested on a battery charge. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I lost the date. Uh, it was about two weeks ago. Uh, he was he got into an argument with his girlfriend. Um, Wait, what school did you say from? UF. Oh, God, my nipples are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Francisco here is an FSU alum. The the rivalry is strong. Oh yeah, I love it. So anyway, uh, he got into an argument in a fight with his girlfriend. Next up is, uh, here we go. I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize. His name, I'm guessing, is Sewo Alunil. Alo Nilua. Okay. He's a running back at TCU. Was arrested on felony drug charges uh, last Tuesday, I believe. Um, third degree felony charges of possession of drug paraphernalia and possession of a controlled substance weighing more than one gram and less than four grams. That'll do it. <laughs> So, nothing really spectacular this week in okay. comparison to what we've seen in the, uh, earlier in the Most season. Most likely weed, I'm assuming. Marijuana. Most likely marijuana? Most Could likely. be. Yeah. Uh, well, it's usually. Unless it was something more hardcore. Um, maybe a Tyreek Evans sort of situation. Could be. <laughs> uh, you know, they didn't... Uh, 
they didn't specify what the drug or drugs were. Um, who knows? But regardless, he's oh. on board. He's on the board. TCU's on the board. Kind of. Uh, well, yeah, TCU is indeed on the board. So uh, more fun. Uh, Big 12 is ha- is in is on the board. SEC is having a fun time this year. Uh, I think they're the most penalized conference so far. Uh, just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So we're roughly about halfway through the Fulmer Cup season. Uh, That's right, yeah. It begins the second the national championship ends and runs to... Because something, something, something could just be true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it runs to the second that the first college football regular season game kicks off, which this year I think is in Australia. I think. I think yeah, something. It's something overseas. Yeah, yeah there's this new Wang Jangle, whatever. Uh, Bob, whatever you want to call it, thing called Week Zero, which is one or two football games. They, they stole that from comic books. Right. It's it's a game that is played the week before the traditional opening week where everyone goes. It's almost like, uh, I guess it's the equivalent of the, the the series that MLB does in Japan every year. Right. Like it's this the year, the, the, the A's and the, uh, the Mariners started like like two weeks before everybody else did. Right. That's the equivalent, except it's one week and it's like one or two games. And then the traditional opening day is the next week. But why Australia? Hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, could look it up, but I don't feel like it. Uh, we'll we'll oh, probably discuss it as it comes up closer. Something I actually wanted to mention. I uh, wanted to do international outreach. Okay, Pac-12 wanted to do international outreach. That makes sense. Yeah. Boosters, all types of stuff. It could work. I mean, each league is trying to do that and, you know, just spread football. Uh, just looking at, oh, I don't think there's an Aussie game, but, I mean, I mean, there's the, the game the Irish play in Ireland and stuff like that. But, um, okay, so, but for the Fulmer Cup, that's that's, that's it. it for Fulmer Cup, it. yeah. Okay. All right, then. So, and you can look that up and, and, and see if there's something. But I'm just going to go down the runs, the, the rundown for, 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 because there's an important thing happening right now. The St. Louis Blues who have scored, I think, like like eight unanswered goals so far against the Sharks, dating back to, to game four, are up 2 nothing in St. Louis after the first period. Once again, if the Blues win, they will move on to the Stanley Cup final to face off against, oh, God. Yeah, no offense, BU, but the Boston Bruins. <laughs> we'll discuss that. Right now, the Bucks and the Raptors are heated up here 27 24 in the first out in uh the place where the maple leafs lose every year um the yankees are up nine to three against the orioles because the orioles are awful the blue jays are six nothing against the red sox in toronto nobody's at that game uh the (laughs) dodgers are up three nothing on the rays out in tropicana field the marlins are still winning three to two against the tigers Up in Detroit, the Tigers are also awful this year, so the Marlins actually do have a shot of beating them. It's crazy because, uh, as I was pointing out, the Mar uh, in our like in chat or whatever that we have on Facebook, the Marlins went at least twenty-four innings without scoring a run. Right, and now they're uh, unstoppable. Right, and I they may have uh, 
they may have gone further than that. I stopped count at like game three or whatever. I stopped count at the end of the series against the Rays. The, right. So, um, yeah, the Marlins are up three to two. The Mets and the Nationals are one to one out in uh, out in Queens. Uh, the Mets are also a train wreck at this point, but in a different way than the Marlins. And the Reds are up three nothing against the Brewers. That's all the scores that I see on my screen. But uh, I guess we can segue to hockey because uh, it's the image that I used here. It's it's the TD Garden out in Boston, home of the Bruins, even though it has half of the Celtics and the. I thought it was just a cool image as the Celtics and the Bruins playing surfaces at the same time. That is really cool. Um, but uh, so to much uh, to my my disappointment. The bunch of jerks just couldn't do it for one more series. Uh, getting yay. S- y- yay, 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 getting swept by the Boston Bruins uh, in four games. Uh, the last two games, the the Hurricanes uh, did the best they could, but especially that game three. Gosh darn it, took a rask. He won that game for the Bruins because the Hurricanes gave him everything. And could not beat Tukarask, thus uh, putting them up 3-0 and kind of basically sealing their fate. Even though in hockey, coming back from 3-0 has happened very, very often, it just wasn't going to happen this time. So, uh, as, as the title of our our 26th episode uh, once again says, uh, I said Warriors because the Golden State Warriors are back in the finals again, and Boston. Again. Again. Yeah, the Warriors, uh, they made history. Uh, This is the fifth straight season that they've been to the NBA Finals, and I think it's the first time since the 60s or 70s that happened. Probably the Boston Celtics. Right, probably. Another Boston team. So it's – they have – I forget what the word for it is, but like – I forget what it is, but either way – they are just stacked beyond belief when it comes to their roster. Uh, I would love for them to lose in the finals uh, because, I don't know, dynasties, man, they get annoying and boring at some point. Uh, but I don't see how you can stop them. The, the Trailblazers were swept by them. They had a, at, at, at least a 15-point lead in games 2, 3, and 4. Uh, <laughs> Again, from BU, uh, Bruins have been in all of three Stanley Cup Finals of the century. Last one being in 2013. I look at their own Golden State level. No, no, no. I'm not. I don't think Andrew's even saying that. No. Um, but you, you kind of. Uh, uh-huh. Sorry. I don't. Boston. You know. I just. Boston as a city is on a right very long. That's street. the thing. Uh, Boston is like in a. It was the way you said it. I apologize. My my rant was more directed toward Golden State. Yeah, but, but we'll um, get to Golden State, right? So, but let's stick with the Bruins for now because uh, the BU's right. I think the Bruins uh, they, they won the final in 2011. They lost to the Blackhawks in 2013. I remember Yarmir Yager was on that squad, and now they're back. Right. Um, yeah, my my big thing against Boston though is Brad Marchand. He 
he really ticks me off. I mean, that it's just the way it is. It's just the way he is. It's just um, obviously you have guys like uh, once again Tukarask, who I think really did. No, made, dude, that that game three was was the was the the turning point of the series. If there was a turning point, because Boston had won the first two games very mm. convincingly, but game three was the one shot I believe that Hurricanes had of grabbing momentum mm-hmm. and. Try as they did, they they really did. They could not do it. So, so here's an interesting point, though. I just want to bring up really quickly. People are thinking just just by sheer pattern that Boston is going to get swept in the Stanley Cup Finals. Here's why: the New York Islanders swept the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one. The Islanders were swept by Carolina in round two. Carolina was swept by in the conference semifinals. Carolina was swept by Boston in the conference finals. Does this mean that the winner of the St. Louis San Jose series will go ahead and sweep Boston, thus continuing the trend? Who knows? Hockey's weird. Hockey is very weird. Hockey's very weird. So it is very, very much <laughs> the hockey gods are very weird. <laughs> I gotta say. Putting aside my personal feelings about the Bruins, well, Brad Marchand, really, and really just the city of Boston or and or its the sports. The, the city's right. fine. I'm, right. I'm no, going to the city the tomorrow. The city is fine. <laughs> so I better uh, say it's just, fine. Just their sports teams. Uh, you know, the Patriots win like every year. Um, enough success, Boston. Let's let's give other cities a chance. Right. Here. But it would be so fantastic just in terms of the celestial sports realm um, if Boston got swept. It's like it's like a chain of chain of title going all the way back to round one. Right. Uh, Look, they've and really. The Boston Bruins have done a fantastic job of rebuilding on the fly. Yes. Because people thought two seasons ago that they were uh, essentially like they were going to be like the Detroit Red Wings are right now. They, you know, Boston had a good run of, of, of stellar or, or at least competitive teams uh, beginning, uh, I guess, uh, just to, you know, when they won that, uh, the, the cup in 2011 and then moving forward. But then, you know, as guys were getting older, as uh, they were getting salary cap issues, this and that, um, they had to obviously shed some guys, trade away some guys. But they're, they've done a fantastic job scouting and drafting that they've and, and, and making some trades that they have rebuilt on the fly. Uh, the season that people thought they were going to be awful, lo and behold, they make the playoffs and, and defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs Every season, right? Uh, the Leafs, who have tried so very hard to 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 be good again, and they can't get past Boston, who figured out a way to do this, and now it's culminated back to the Stanley Cup final, um, a final I that still... that you know people thought they would be competitive, but they didn't think they. I don't think. I don't know how many people pick Boston to be the finalists. Probably none. I think most people I mean, pick probably either Washington or Tampa or even Pittsburgh. Well, I don't know about Pittsburgh, honest. But, but definitely, just it's hard to believe. Someone would have been like a number three or number right. four choice. 
Uh, this is probably the craziest NHL playoffs in as I as far as I can go back. I mean, all of the number, all of the top divisional seeds were eliminated. Freaking Tampa Bay was swept after a historic season that we haven't seen in nearly two decades, over two decades. Uh, I think, uh, and then Boston shows up sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes yeah. <laughs> in the Eastern Conference right. Finals. Uh this has been a crazy play, uh, playoffs, and I just love it, man. Storylines are good. Um, out in the West, because we still have game six right now, St. Louis wins. Uh, a really great story for them as well, because they, uh, they were out of the playoffs in January. They were awful, uh, much like the, they were basically in the same position the Panthers were. But then they just got hot. And they all wrote hail, all hail the power right. of Gloria. I think they won like ten games in a row or something like that. Twenty points right there shot them right back into playoff contention, and they 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 get one of the uh, Central Division seeds, and then they they start winning. They beat the Jets, they beat the Stars, two of their own division rivals, and now they're on the cusp of beating the San Jose Sharks. Unless the Sharks kind of wake up in this. Um, in, in the second period or third period, uh, and it's hockey, once again, weird things happen. <laughs> we could, the Sharks could score two more goals, and they could have like a triple overtime game and then head yeah. back to San Jose for game seven. Still could be possible, but uh, the St. Louis Blues have done a fantastic job. Um, they, they have a goalie, finally, after all these years. Uh, we're gonna, it would be nice to see a superstar like Vladimir Tarasenko mm. uh, in the Stanley Cup final have his shot at it. The Blues have not won a Stanley Cup final. Uh, they last made the Stanley Cup finals back in, I think it was that 1970 season because the weird thing with the Blues were first created. They were part of that next six uh, series of teams, of expansion teams, like the Penguins and they were the, the Flyers. I think they were the, first, they were the first expansion teams after the original six, right? Right. After the original six era, it was like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, uh, Oakland slash California, whatever you want to call them, uh, Minnesota, I think the, the North Stars, and the St. Louis Blues. And the Blues, by virtue of being in the same division as all these brand new teams who just, um, you know, try as they did, they, they had to work with what they got with the talent pool. Um, they were, those teams were just awful compared to the original six teams that they were facing in the other division. Um, the Blues... I guess in a, some people think by default, <laughs> one, uh, their division slash conferences uh, for their first three years of existence. And by the way, you were correct. So they won in 67, the 67, 68 season, the 68, 69 and 70. And you were correct. The last time they were in the Stanley Cup finals was the 69, 70 season where they played the Boston Bruins. Right. So the, the, the Blues are. Um, and they haven't made the final sense. Right. And the feeling Actually, is that they won the they won the their their they made it to the final by default. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their last season, that's when they realigned. And so I think they were in the division with the Chicago Blackhawks, but the Blackhawks were awful at that point. Um, so they still won and made it there. But they were just absolutely bodied by the teams that they were facing, including the Bruins, who I think swept them that series. 
and that was the famous um, ending to that final with uh, Bobby Orr flipping into the air, yep. uh, which is a you know, one of the That's fantastic. One of the, yeah. It's an iconic right. moment in yeah. not just hockey history, sports. History. Yeah, just iconic photo. It's the statue outside of the TD Garden for him that that honors him, and um, and so it would be nice to see the Blues finally making it to the final, in a sense by their own merit, not just by default. I'm kind of I still am holding out hope that San Jose can pull this off. That's the other storyline because San Jose has a roster full of veterans i think joe thornton that's the guy that it would be nice from the other perspective the sharks made it because guess who's the right. team that drafted him jo- oh that's true that's right um joe thornton has never he's played in three decades he began play in the 1990s uh he's approaching i think 20 years as a player um and he's one of a few players that one of whom is roberto luongo uh, who have played in three decades. Uh, so I'd love to see him get a Stanley Cup finally. He's come so close. Um, he, he's been to the finals once and lost to the Penguins a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah, the Sharks are... The Sharks have had this run of just really good teams that just have not been able to make it. Uh, the closest they got was, yes, 2016 against the Penguins. They got to six games the very least but um really i don't know how much longer the sharks can keep this up um they have a lot of question marks eric carlson is going to be a free agent right um and this is probably the last time the last run for these guys yeah unless they do a rebuild on the fly but it'll be a new cast of characters it would no longer be the the core that we've come to know and love over the past decade. I mean, you'll still have Brent Burns and Martin Jones, but I mean, Joe Thornton, the thought is that this might be his last season. We don't know, but I think if he wins the cup, he's, he'll just call it. Yeah. He'll do, he'll do the, the Bork thing, you know? Um, I mean, that would be a great way to go out. Uh, but who knows? I'm, I've seen stranger things. Uh, people thought that Tom Brady bringing it back to Boston. People thought that Tom Brady was going to retire after this Super Bowl, but he said, "No, I've got about a hundred thousand miles left on this body. I'm going to keep going." Uh, okay, so yeah, Boston once again gets a finalist, and um, that sucks for the rest of us. All right, um, guys, I think we're kind of towards the end of this, right? Yep. Can I do my quick disclaimer really quick or whatever? Oh yes, yes. Uh, Go ahead, Andrew. You can preface it, whatever you want to say. Um, just prefacing, I, I've noticed a trend uh, over the past uh, few episodes. Um, just we we strive here. We want to be nice and relaxed and groovy. You know, we have a ton of fun on this show. Uh, you know, I have fun. Uh, I hope that you, Charles, and you, Francisco, have fun doing this every week. Well, do you or... Or yes. you hate this. <laughs> I hate this. That's why I created it. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, we have fun doing it. You know, I enjoy it. And, you know, I, I figured we'd take stock of where we are now as a series, especially now that we've got our first Patreon or patron. Um, you know, I've noticed a few things that, you know, we we have the jokes, you know, 
uh, Charles brought up Robert Kraft's male genitalia a little bit earlier in the show. Honestly, everybody <laughs> brings up Robert right. Kraft's genitalia. It's going to be the meme for the 2019 no, season. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, as we're on live TV and whatnot, not live TV, live stream. Whatever. You can watch this on the YouTube app on your TV if you want to. That is true. Or the Twitch app on TV. So theoretically, we could be on live TV. Uh, <laughs> that would be cool, though. Uh, if anyone watches us on TV, that'd be cool. So we could say we're on TV. Um, but, you know, as we're going forward, you know, sometimes we'll do some jokes that may cross a line. Um, and I just kind of wanted to say basically that, you know, as we're moving forward, we want to keep things spontaneous and whatnot. Uh, but we, we do apologize if we've said anything that is considered offensive uh, you know, we'll, we're not going to lose any of our spunk and charm, uh, being spontaneous and funny and whatnot, but we're also going to be mindful of the fact that there are some topics that we may touch on, uh, either, uh, by just general topic, by joke or whatnot, that might be a little bit too far over the line. Uh, so m my message here basically is we're not changing, uh, we're, we're going to be the same sports goofs as we have been for the past 26 epi 25 episodes. Uh, but we're also going to be a bit more mindful of what we say uh, when it comes to certain things. Um, I don't see it as a bashing of us. I see it as an evolution of us to... I mean, this is just the way things go. Yeah. Right? Like I, I mentioned before, you know, we, will, like we do this for fun. This is all yeah. for fun. This no. is all for... For our enjoyment and our kind of kind of catharsis and our own kind of mental health, yes. even though it's 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 May and it's Mental Health Month, so you got you got to yeah, think absolutely. about that too. Um, and we have fun with it. And look, I've been on YouTube for forever. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, look up FJOJR on YouTube. He is an OG YouTuber. Yeah, I I was I was in the bedrock. I was before all these guys here, but. I'm, I'm, I am the, uh, uh, gosh, I am the, uh, I'm the bacteria, the amoeba <laughs> that was inside, going back to the Houston Science Museum, um, going, I was the bacteria that, you know, in the acidic waters of Earth, of the YouTube Earth, uh, life was forming. I was single-celled. He, Francisco makes up the primordial soup that is the early years of YouTube. Right. So uh, I've seen every trend that has gone by. You I've seen what, the pranks. I've started in 06, 06. Right? I've seen the pranks. I've seen the YouTube poops, if anybody remembers those. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen uh, this unfortunate Fortnite crap. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I'm seeing like now actual quality stuff on documentaries and I've seen YouTube's grand mistakes with their YouTube premium TV programs, mm -hmm. which are awful. And they're all, all they're almost maybe Cobra Kai. Maybe that's the only one, the one saving grace. But <laughs> the rest of YouTube's original programming is just awful. Mm -hmm. um, but I've seen everything and I've seen YouTubers rise and fall as well based on their behavior and what they've said on and off the camera. Right. 
Okay, um, and I have tried to take I've tried to take advantage of this pro Jared thing by putting featuring pro Jared on some of my latest let's plays. So hoping to get people to see it. So like, holy crap, he's actually doing this with this random guy. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I do not talk to this guy. But so welcome to, to my stream. <laughs> so to that end, you bring up a good point. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> YGO bridge you a culture swine. <laughs> uh, but to that end, I oh gosh. I freaking love this show. <laughs> Charles loved that one. <laughs> Dude, look, YouTube, I love YouTube. I still watch YouTube every day. Like it is my it's honestly my go to channel out of everything. Like mm-hmm. ESP like I don't even watch ESPN. Like it's my like more than Netflix, more than anything. I I just I love it. I literally go to sleep every night listening to YouTube because it. I like I can't go to sleep. My mind races whenever I don't listen to anything. When I try to sleep, this kind of helps me have some white noise to go to sleep to. So it's it's basically a necessity in my life. It's look, uh, gosh, it's like I've been to the creators events that they had here in Miami and stuff and you know other people that are doing this stuff it's a look it's a it's huge competition okay we are up against so many things heck they're even like I've seen on Twitch there are actual like actual radio stations that already have their stuff that are live streaming their shows on Twitch at the same time so it's like man you guys are you know obviously but it's a lot of competition out there Um, and and that's why we were so thankful for awesome jacket exactly um you know, it's kind of, you know, regardless of how much money he gave, it's it kind of is almost like a, it is a milestone for us that someone is willing to support us because uh, they like the the content that we're putting out every week. And, you know, and, and guys like like BU, Mikey, right. Freddie. Right, are with us every week. Yeah, and, you know, they people spend their time and we're just hoping – some other people will come up to and, and, and stuff. And hopefully we have some sort of insight that or just opinions like I'm hoping right. to like maybe we can start tackling like sports, not philosophical questions or just like like um, remember when we were at the ball game and you mentioned my idea about changing the yes. schedule for <laughs> like we could have an entire episode, you know, instead of talking about the topics, because eventually we're just going to have straight baseball. Right. And look, I love baseball, but <laughs> me too. It's but... not going to be completely interesting every week. Right. So we could, we could talk like, Hey, if we were to change the schedules of all four major pro sports, how would we do it? And we right. all have our own plans and just lay it out there and have, and you know, actually that's a good idea. Uh, now that's like that. saved, but we, we should save that for the, the week after the NBA playoffs end. Right. Since they're, the, they're the ones that'll end last most likely. Yeah. And they'll, they'll last in gosh, like the last like, week of June or something. They're like, like a week behind. Right. the NHL. So we'll have like about four weeks, maybe a month between the end of the NBA finals and the beginning of college football. Right. Uh, so we'll do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, but I guess my conclusion, um, I know these guys want to get out of here. It's way past our quote unquote bedtime. Uh, but I love doing this. We all love doing this and we want to keep doing this. And, you know, as you alluded to, you've seen the rise and fall of YouTubers based on their on air and off air, uh, actions. I want 
I want to avoid being in that in the fall category. Right. right. Um, so it's I guess a little. I mean, more... if we're gonna go out, we're gonna go out with a bang. Oh no question, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. If we're really gonna offend the rest of the world and everybody shuns us completely, we're gonna make sure you're really offended by we're it. We're gonna get we're go, you're gonna get your monies. We're gonna get our money. You thought pro Jared was something? Oh boy, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, Not that I have skeletons like that in my closet. Right. Okay. Um. So you know, a Robert Kraft esque thing, maybe. I don't. Know. <laughs> maybe. So we're going to still have, we're going to have, oh dear. Uh, so we're going to have random crap like this, you know, chatting and having fun. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to be a bit more, we're going to be more mindful of what we say just to, uh, you know, from our end, uh, don't ask Francisco at Astro Glow. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> um, so... We want to make sure. I love how you're mentioning this stuff, and we're just like going all out with our, with our. Uh, but obviously, not saying anything supremely offensive. Right. Just very. Um, just next week's non-sponsor. Non. <laughs> Gosh, start it. Um, Dodgers are up five nothing on the Rays. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn it. The Marlins are still winning. Excellent. Okay. So we, you know, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Is we're gonna. We want to, you know, engage the community. We want to make sure that everyone's having a fun and good time with our shows. Uh, we want to have make sure that we're having fun and a good time with our shows. And we want to keep building and growing and, who knows, pick up another patron at some point. Yeah. Everyone, I posted the link earlier, www.patreon.com slash sports Slash sports So, Vladimir Putin, Kevin Durant, you're out there. You know, I'm just saying, uh, Vince McMahon, you know, I know Charles made fun of you a ton, but, you know. Listen, you never... Tony Khan, I'll sponsor AEW. I'll sponsor all Elite Wrestling. I'll go over to the side right. of the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll change the logo that. on the segment if you want to. <laughs> yeah. I'll bleach my hair blonde like Cody Rhodes did. Yeah. yeah. Support us, Tony. Support Hey, if, if, we end up ble- if you end up bleaching your hair, we'll have to do a, an actual live stream with video. Uh, I, I will basically right. look like uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character from The Lost <laughs> That's <laughs> that, yes. Just get me like a tooth, uh, a tooth earring, and it's done. We'll we'll work on that. Patrons, if you want to see that, keep donating. We will get. I could to this put point. it as a goal. <laughs> At a hundred dollars, we'll get Charles to do that. That would be amazing. Uh, so that's the end of my spiel, if you will, my rant. Um, I just wanted to get that out there and, you know, you know, I appreciate you guys giving me the, the, the dais or whatever it's called the podium, if you will, for a couple of minutes, just to bring that up. Um, I thought it was important to mention and okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we will see you guys, I think, next week, uh, as long as I'm not flying out someplace uh, for another episode. Thank you, Charles. You guys stream while I am at work, LOL. Yeah, you see. Uh, but the, you, that's the thing. Everything's saved, though. If you guys want to rewatch it, honestly, we are on everything. Like, if you look on the bottom right of our screen, YouTube, I stream on Facebook on my actual, like, uh, Facebook profile page if you have to look for me. Uh, we stream on Vaughn Live. Anybody seen Vaughn Live? It's kind of like a, a very casual video. Uh, you guys have never actually, don't even know what we platform to. So 
Uh, we're on Twitch, obviously. Twitch is very popular. Uh, we will get gaming <coughs> back here at some point. Uh, InstaGive, which is a spinoff of Bond Live, it's more gaming oriented, but uh, we do stream on that. Uh, Mixer, which is the one that uh, the Xbox uses, is the, the streaming platform for Xbox, uh, and you can use it on PC as well. Smashcast, which is uh, another streaming platform, not very popular right now, but I. I, I I, I think it's Taiwanese. Uh, Periscope, which is Twitter. Uh, Periscope right. and Twitter, it's really our blessed platform is where most people watch us. Africa TV, which is Korea. Um, we, not as high numbers, but, uh, you know, we'll get there at some point with the Korean audience. Um, and Japan, Japan, of course. FC2, which is Japan, which is our, one of our best numbers, honestly, really. So thank you, Japan. Uh, and DLive, which is something new. Um, it's, a, it's a brand new one. It's more... Uh, 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 cryptocurrency based you can actually you know do this stuff and you now I don't even know what you now is I think it was an old platform that was trying to be like like vine or snapchat that type mm -hmm. of thing and streamcraft streamcraft is another one that is like more um, uh, mainstream like Fortnite type of streaming trying to be like twitch but they're not there yet and of course uh, more of our networks class we got to continue this because we aren't everything if you want to follow us we're on Instagram Instagram.com slash We post clips of our videos and any general nonsense that we have. And of course, our Twitter page, because uh, that's where we post. That's where we, we, we go into the cesspool of Twitter and we, uh, we, we, we go to battle against Kevin Durant. <laughs> or we actually with Kevin Durant. Yes. We're with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Right? We're, We're on your side, side, dude. Exactly. Whichever one of your burner accounts, we'll follow them. You follow <laughs> us, and we'll, we'll get to it, dude. We'll, we'll defend you. All right? We'll meet you in the middle. Uh, or if you decide to come to Miami, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll hang out. out. You can we'll come to the Heat time. if you want to, you know? <laughs> All right. So that's it, guys. All right. All right. Good, Good night, night everybody. everybody. Thank, Thank you for watching. watching. Take care.